Wait, say that again for the state that again for the record, sir. You contacted me and said we should do an episode. So I was like, okay, sure. But I have nothing to bring because you okay. contacted me. Well, right? that's a wrap. That's a wrap. So don't ask, don't ask me if I got anything. I mean, if you contacted me, right? This, so contacting so don't start off the podcast by going, okay, great. So you got anything? So wait, your, no, your ethical system is all based on who put out the, the communication. Who put out the communique? They're they're imbued with all these responsibilities in your mind. I wouldn't Socially, say it's entirely based on emotionally. That, but I mean, like, I mean, like, the first thing that you say can't be to me. Okay, great. So you got anything? No, I'm just fucking with you. Okay, don't worry. All right. I know all right, you don't got nothing. I got it all. Take okay, it easy. let's <laughs> let's get started. Aliens have traveled to Earth from outer space in search of our top nuclear scientists. Two have been selected. Handkerchief Dynasty. I am, as always, your secret professor, joined by my good friend and lover of the color yellow, the High Priest of Order's Magic. How are you, High Priest? Um, doing really well. Just um, dressing in yellow, you know me, as usual. The man in yellow? Are you modeling yourself after the Curious George character, kind of, a little bit? Are you out there, like, uh, helping monkeys make whimsical discoveries and have fun adventures that does describe um, you yeah sort of I'm i mean sort of doing that. the I like mean, the clergy the like the ape clergy you know right. obviously through their involvement in solidarity with them our non-human relatives we love them so we're like what are we at we're at three and a half weeks from training camp you know my attempt to cryogenically freeze myself for the duration of uh, the time before we see some action has uh -huh. failed so I figure now's the time as our summer stock finale to try and spin some predictions for the folks out there this year, you know? Okay. Well, and we'll build our way up to it. Um, you know, it's an 82 game season in theory. So my first question for you is how many games in reality do you think are the, I mean, the Edmonton Oilers are going to play this year of the scheduled 82? Um, I'll say, well, they'll play all 82 games. Well, that's the way it works, right? Like nobody will play less than 82 games. 
whether or not they'll play them uninterrupted, mm. I don't think they will. But I mean, they'll mm. play all 82 games, right? Like so 82 Vancouver games was, luck. Yeah. Vancouver was playing games when like the playoffs had started last year, some crazy shit. Mm. So I'm sure it'll be like that again. Everyone will play 82 games because the owners have to get their money. So then when when is the season going to end? In like November of next year? How long is this yeah. going to drag on? Because I mean, make- just think about how hard it was to schedule the makeup games in the shortened season. What if we have, what if you have to make up like 20 games? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I know they'll play all the games. And I mean, I think that mandatory vaccines are going to become like, that's something. And I think hopefully we see cases drop. Like, I think we're there. I think the science should allow cases to drop. It's just that people are so incredibly stupid that the cases aren't dropping. So um, I feel as though things are trending towards sort of a uh, mandatory sort of vaccine situation. Mm. And I know if I owned a team, like I said last episode, if I owned a team, you guys are all getting the vaccine, right? Mm. So I think that there'll be less cases of teams having outbreaks just because those guys... Like teams, I think if the player, if they're not mandating it for the players, they're like mandating it for everybody around the players. Yeah. It should be mandated for the players. No, honestly. So I think that, um, I don't know, hopefully 82 games, hopefully 82 games uninterrupted, but I think there will be interruptions. If not on the Oilers, because I have a feeling that the Oilers run, man, I don't know. It's a good question. I think there'll be all 82 games. I think there's going to be interruptions. That's I think we're prediction. just like, we're looking at like 10 to 15 games delayed. We should just factor that in, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, Cause it's just so much out of your, out of your own control, you know, all, one person on another team gets it. Yeah. Exactly. And it goes through teams like crazy. Like we don't want to be a team that has it go through the whole fucking team. You know, no. like, that's a bad scene. Really bad. Yeah, scene. absolutely. But I think that a lot of the players will have been vaccinated. I think that, um, I don't know. Like I said in the last episode, like hockey's been, you know, it's been like two seasons now, a bubble. I'm sure that like all those guys are just like, I'm just going to get, it's easier for me to get vaccinated. And it really is. You know what I mean? Are they going to do a bubble again? You think? I don't know. I don't think they should. I don't think they, they, sh- I don't wanna, think they definitely want to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they, they want should the, that gate revenue. They're hungry. for. Or it. I mean, maybe they should do it. I don't know. I don't think they'll have to do it, is what I'm trying to say. I don't think they'll have to do it. All right. So, next question. Do you think that the Oilers will dress more than two goaltenders this year? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It'll be... 100%? um, Yeah. Really? You're confident in that? Oh, yeah. I think that it's going to be Mike Smith. And then I think that it's going to be Miko Koskinen. And I think that Miko at some point in the season, if I'm a betting man, I hope this doesn't happen, by the way, because I want Miko to succeed. But I think there's going to be issues with Miko and then somebody else will get a start. Staylock, mm. Skinner. Skinner. Like we One have of the options. Yeah. We have options, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like... I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen. I mean, especially with seen... COVID and stuff too. Like, I, I think it's, yeah, it's pretty much a hundred percent chance that we see someone else rotate in for at least I a think game. A better I mean, we played question... Skinner a game last year too. You yeah. Know? I think a better question is, um, what's will the, we what's see the... more, will we see more than three, three starting goalies? That is a good that question. I'm, that I'm not sure about. Will we see Staylock at all? Yeah. What's the Staylock is like a weird f- factor. Just have floating around. 
you know? I don't know. I mean, the real question is how many games does Mike Smith start this year? I mean, is he starting 50? Are we really in that kind of territory? I mean, I don't yeah, think I don't not? think he's a I don't think he's a 50 game starter at this age. I why? think it's a lot to ask. Oh, at this age. So you're well, I mean, one of those I'm just guys, saying right? I'm just saying like how many what's his how many games has he started? That's a great radio. How many games has he started the last like several years, you know? I think he can start 50 plus. I think Mike Smith is a physical specimen. What do physical specimens do? They do it all the time, right? They do it all the time. It's not like he's an old man who happens to still be playing hockey. It's like, I can't it's believe he's He is a workhorse. Yeah, so, I mean, in, in 2016, 17, 17, 18, he, he played in 55 games those two years yeah, for the Flames. For sure. I um, think he can do that. And that's I mean, with Riddick breathing down his neck. That's what was going yeah. on. And he, like, he started 30 plus starts in a short a season last year. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Know 50. I'm a huge Mike Smith guy. So. It's like, does he put up numbers? Because I mean, if he starts 50 games and he puts up numbers, he has to get Vezina consideration this time, you know? Well, I, don't I mean, know. I don't, well, I mean, do you think his, but... Do, but more importantly, do you think his brand of freewheeling, psychedelic, see the future uh, and, and forget the past uh, puck moving from the goalie position? Is that, is that going to be, are we going to, is it going to be dazzling us or are there going to be I mean, dastardly by, horrible goals? If, Cause he didn't really have bad goals last year. If by freewheeling, you mean the best in the league at it? Like precision Swiss, Swiss watches freewheeling. Yeah. yeah freewheeling's the wrong kind word. Of like the opposite of freewheeling, like yeah. incredible in precise, like yeah. a Swiss watch. That's what I said. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think like we're in really great shape and I think he's going to play a lot of games and I can't say just, just like last season, it's so much easier for me to believe a guy like Mike Smith succeeding than it is to, for me to picture him completely dropping the ball. Mm. Yeah. He's motivated and he's, he's comfortable now. This is his home now. You know, he's been here a few years. He kind of knows the deal. He's, he knows the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I expect yeah. great things from him. I expect great things. Yeah. As do I. Okay. So have, let's say we're halfway through the season. Next prediction. Is the fan base going to be go, go, go uh, dunks? Are they going to be, man, fucking Duncan Keith? No. Are, we, no. are, are people, is I he going to turn, is he going to, he's going to change people's minds? Yes, absolutely. And it's not going to take long. It's going to take a month, maybe, when people are like, oh, yeah, just like, just like my boy did when I went in and I was like, bad news. Uh, we got Duncan Keith, and he was like, Dad, what are you talking about? Duncan Keith is awesome. And then I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, yeah, right. From the mouths right. of babes. I forgot. So I think it's going to be like a month, and then people will be like, Yeah, Duncan Keith like kicks ass. Yeah. There's nothing to be worried about here. We were worried about that he was old. And how silly is that? How silly is that? So I think within a month's time at the most, everyone's going to be on board. Mm. It's Duncan Keith. You think he's just going to like stink it up? Like, guys like that have pride you know what i mean like they they Mm. know what's going on they're not just going to come in and he's got talent like he's survived he's won at every level Mm. he's guys like that are going to take what's going on in the fan base um what's being said about them that's just like um uh wood for their oven right that's Mm. all it is to a guy like that duncan keith isn't going to disappoint there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a major piece of this team and a huge part of the team in the playoffs massive mm. cannot mm. be understated is it so your is it your is it your big lock of the week do you have the big lock 
Is it there? <laughs> no, it's not. I don't have a big. Well, it's my shoe in, my big shoe in of the week. Yeah, I'm just gonna lay sure. it down right now. Yeah, for sure. I think you. I, I think you have it I, just right. I, I didn't understand. I mean, I think that. I, I just don't understand the Duncan Keith hate. I don't mm. get it at all. Mm. It makes no sense. If it's entirely age-based, it's ridiculous to me. If it's contract-based, just as ridiculous. I mean, I assume the fan base wants rings, right? That's all you care about is rings. You don't, yeah. you don't really care about money. You mm. don't really care about age. You just true. care about rings. They're just and numbers, that, man. Yeah, they're completely, they're meaningless to us as fans absolutely meaningless and if you're if you're going to allow yourself to get worked up into a tizzy over that i mean then that's your that's your prerogative and whatever that's fine but uh you don't need to do that you don't need to do that take a deep breath and accept duncan keith and your life will be a lot more beautiful accept the duncan keith into your heart the duncan keith love yeah yeah. And it's not hard to do. It's Duncan Keith. You know He's I mean? scary. I mean, a scary hockey player is a hockey player who you love to have on your team. That's yeah, kind of absolutely. the basis of my fandom at this point. I'm, if I saw him in real life, I'd be a little terrified. So I'm sure he's a I'd wonderful, be, nice person. I think, but I'd I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't want to be going to the fucking boards. You think so? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to play against them. Absolutely. But if I was on his team, or if I'm part of um, the fan base of the team that he's on. I mean, yeah, that's a guy. He has leadership qualities, is what I'm saying. In spades, mm. yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just can't say enough good things about Duncan Keith to me. Staying on the back end, um, you know, in 56 games last year, one Tyson Berry had 48 points. Assuming mm. he stays on the power play, yeah. Assuming that, how many points is he putting up in a full season? What's, what's I mean, your number? Uh, this year with Connie, Connie will obviously have just like every year, he'll be twice as good this year as he was last year. Yes. Uh, so will dry settle. So I wouldn't put uh, 80 points past Tyson Berry. Wow. That's a bold prediction. Yeah. I honestly think, dude, that this Oilers team. I was going to say 60. 60 is my, my, my number. He could well surpass that, but. In a, 60 full, points. a full season of games against teams. I mean, last year, not only was it a shortened season, but we played, you know, just the Canadian teams. Yeah. Like there was no team. Shitty, shitty American teams to, to exactly. Up on. Yeah. Well, just not even shitty American teams, but how about like the, the entire, sorry, my cat's freaking out, the entire Eastern Conference that just isn't really like up to speed. Like mm. by, the, by the sixth time we played, even the Senators, by the sixth time you play any team, the sixth time any team faces the Oilers, they're like keyed in, right? They're like, okay, well, we know what these guys are about. Like, we have to not let Connie just run the show. Yeah. But if you're going up against, like, um, I don't know, some weird-ass Eastern Conference team, the Rangers, sure. and, like, they don't really know what's up, really. Like it's they haven't seen Connie in like three years. Yeah, like the Oilers exist in kind of an ethereal, like neither totally. zone in their minds on the periphery of like their social and spiritual consciousness. Like I think the Oilers are going to run over those teams this year. Like it's going to be crazy. And I think that Tyson Berry in those games is going to pile on points. I think he's also going to be much better than like he. He's uh, 
he signed, man. He stay, he's staying. You know what I mean? So I think he's looking to improve his game. So I'm predicting that just the mere fact that the Oilers will be playing more games will add to his point total, total right? And I think the fact that he's going to be a better player this year than he was last year is also going to add to his point total. So yeah, I'd say 75, 75 plus, I'll say. All right. I say 60. Darnell Nurse in 56 games last year, 36 points. Plus 27. Yeah, crazy. I mean, you know, I'm actually not expecting him to have the same year offensively he had this last year. I think he had a really great year. Why um, not, if I may ask? Because uh, I think he had a lot of shots from uh, places that goalies weren't expecting them, and the scouting will be better on that this year a little bit. Like Maybe. Yeah. But wouldn't I mean, you also say, I mean, like, that's a good point, and I agree with you. I think, like, 40 wouldn't points. You, 40 wouldn't points you also is the say that Darnell Nurse is one of the shiftiest shooters you've seen in a while? Like, his whole game is shooting from unexpected places. You I mean, know that's what I mean? One, and that's not his whole sure. game. It's one element of his game, for well, sure. It's, uh, it's a big part of his offensive game. It's is pretty interesting. He comes, he comes on that rush, and then he just, like, shoots it. And I think that for a guy like that, like, I'm not sure how far scouting, I mean, you can tell the goalie, like, watch out. He shoots when you're not expecting him to, but what does that really mean? <laughs> like if you're true. the goalie, you're like, how okay. do you action that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah, I'm not expecting him to have a, as offensive a season this year as he did last year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. And I expect him outside of that to be even a better a better player all around than he was last year. Maybe I wouldn't put it past yeah. him to be plus 27 again this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think his, his, his two way game is going to be really strong. Um, oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, yeah, and I his just, mind I, for the game. He's just such a, like a, um, the way Darnell thinks the game has gotten so much better too. Like it's amazing watching a guy improve like that noticeably, you know what I mean? And I never really thought you're on year. Like, yeah. I never really thought I was never one of those guys who thought he was like a mess back in the defensive end. I always no, thought that he was figuring it out. You know what yeah. I mean? And you could see him. That's what I'm saying. Like almost every game, you know, despite like if you had a crappy game or whatever, but basically every game you could see him getting stronger and stronger with his decision-making and just the way he ran the team back there. Like now when Darnell is on the ice, it feels like he's running Maybe not completely, but he's like, he's kind of like steering the team from the back end. You know what I mean? He's mm -hmm. not just like on the back end. He's like, um, uh, a little bit more of a quarterback. Pointing the team in the direction. Yeah, kind of just exactly. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's evolved year on year on year. And it's because he works hard totally. and he's constantly yeah. learning and constantly improving. He's just a driven guy. He's always yeah, been a absolutely. driven guy from a young age. And that's why I was never too worried about him through the early years where, you know, no, like, me neither. I mean, and it's not as though his defensive game was like ever that bad, but it's gotten no. better and better year after year to the point where it's Absolutely. like, there's tons of teams, like none of them, like there's fucking 31 teams in the league that would love to have Darnell Nurse on oh, their team and 31 Absolutely. teams in the league that like don't want to be going into the fucking corner against them, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't yeah. agree with you more. Um, let's move to the forward core. Um, you know, I think this one is like, kind of like hard to predict because who really knows? I mean, but let's assume Mr. Zach Hyman, author, man of letters, 
uh, for Checker gets gets the spot on the wing with Connie for the duration of the season or close yep. to it. Yep. He put up 33 points in 43 games last year. What do you think he could do on Connie's wing for a full season? What's your number? Uh, how many goals did he have last year? 15, know? 15. Okay, well, I'm going to double that right off the bat because he's playing He's playing with the best player on the face of the earth. Force of right? nature, Connor McDavid, yeah. So I'm going to say 30 goals. And I don't, I, he's not going to get a lot of power play time, I don't think. So yeah. I'll say um, – I'll say how many points did he have last year? 33 and 43. Okay, games. I'll so say like about 60, 0.7 points per game. I'll say 60 game. points. 60 yeah. points. That would be that would be a nice number for him. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm gonna go ahead. Guy? I'm gonna go ahead and say just because I want to one up you a little bit. I want to say 65. 65 yeah. to me is would be a really sexy season for Hyman. I mean, this is this is a, the way this question's framed, of course. You're assuming if he's playing on Connie's wing the whole year, it means he has chemistry with him. Therefore, there would be like an offensive output. I think anybody has chemistry with Connie. They just need somebody who to show finish. some of the work yeah, right. not even finish connie will finish somebody needs to get the puck to connie the way mm. it's been is connie has been getting the puck in the corner bringing the puck up the ice and also putting the puck in the net there mm. has to be somebody else doing some of that lifting somebody has to go into the corner dig it out get it to connie and i think hyman's going to be that guy is uh is pull yarvi um or no actually because Hyman shoots right, okay. But is Pugliarvi a lock on that line? Like, does that is that the line you want to see? Um, I don't think he's a lock on that line. No. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, who else is there? It's a good question. Who else is there? I mean, I guess you could maybe put uh, Nuge or Yamo. No, I think the dry line. I think the second line is going to be dry Nuge and Yamo. It'd probably be Yamo if you had to put anyone up there. Yeah, I think I think so they'll probably try Pulleyarvi at start start, but yeah. I still have questions in my heart about that long term. Although, like, I'd have to see. I mean, I don't. It, it, to me, the guys playing with Connie, like, I don't know. I think you could have a Hyman there, and then like, yeah, Pulley. I'd like sure, someone with a little more acumen in like the neutral zone and on the breakout just so it's not just so that it's, so that it's not the but situation connie where the other team the the, if, but if the other team shuts connie down shift to shift can't it's nice to have someone else with some skill on that line to like help at least gain the zone in my in my mind like you yeah. can't just rely on connie for every rush you know yeah. that's that was one of the problems with having cassian on there it's not like cassian was like a yeah, wizard at like gaining the zone much better player than zach cassian and i think yeah he's, he's be better. better this year too yeah I mean, he better be if he's going to stay on that line, I think. Otherwise, I mean, maybe even go with fucking Connie Dry and Hyman, you know? And then um, yeah. Nuge it up on the second line. Yeah, maybe. But I don't think Nuge is second. I mean, I don't think... Uh, maybe. Nuge wasn't that great last year, so... I'd like well, that's to the next him. question. So Nuge, 35 points in 52 games last year. Does he bounce back? He's better. He's got to. I don't think he can bounce... Um, away any further i think he has mm. to bounce back he's bounced as far away as he can possibly bounce like if he doesn't bounce back this year it's going to be pretty miserable for the Nuge, i think i mean in his last eight playoff games he has 
10 points. And the year before last, in 65 games, he put up 61 points. So it's possible injuries were a factor, maybe. I mean, maybe the contract distractions. I, I think he's poised for a bounce bounce back. I mean, is he poised for a bounce back, you figure? I mean, he's, he's definitely be. poised for one, yeah. Yeah. But he also has to bounce back this year. He's got the money. It's all taken care of. He had a crappy season. It's bounce back time. Yeah. Bounce back time in new country. Yeah. Um, Speaking of bounce back time, what's your prediction for Yamo? I mean, fuck, I don't know, man. I really feel as though Yamo, I mean, it was a series. We talked about it before. It was a serious yeah. sophomore slump. I mean, the magic yeah. and of the lightning in a bottle of that line that one time, it, we, we might just all be so drunk on it that we're expecting Yamo. You know, it's not as though he looked like a point per game player on that, that, that rookie year, really. I'm going to just mm-hmm. call it his rookie year. Yeah. But there's, there's plenty of players that have magic, like in that, in a, in a rookie year, and they never attain that level. Yeah. Again. But they're not really like Yamo. There's not a lot of players that are like Yamo, I don't think. I think there's a lot of players. That He's grittier kind of, than a lot of those players that fall by the wayside. He really is. And yeah. he was snake bit. He could have had a lot more points last year. Well, where the fuck? Why? Why are they keeping? Why are there guy? snakes in the environs of the fucking ice ice rink, man? Like you can't have snakes biting people. Like that's not problem. that's his hazard. They got to call fucking animal problem. control. Like how? Why? Why is he snake bitten? And like, who's diagnosing these snake bites? How are they treating them? What kind of anti venom? That's what I want to know. I want to get in there and find some answers. So you're figuring he's 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 poised for a bounce back because I I figure yeah. he could be poised for. I don't know. Part of me wonders. Part of me wonders if he really deep down wants in. I don't know if there's something in my water telling me. What? Of course I, he wants in. Where, where I mean, else would you go? You can't just assume not... everyone wants in. It's not as yes, though 100% of people want in. Yes, I can. He's the, the, the greatest two players in the, in the, on earth right now. Yeah, Why but he's, a, he's American. Like I mean, he might want to just play in America. A lot of American players do. I, they love America. They, they, they talk I, about it all the time. It's America, bro. bro. It's America. Yeah. You, talking, you think Edmonton, Alberta can compare with America? No, but he's playing with the number best one, hockey number one, on number one, not, but he's not playing in America, but who cares? I don't think, I don't think anybody thinks that way. Honestly, I think maybe if you're not playing with Connie and dry, you might think that way, but if you are playing with Connie and dry, that's what you think first. So Connie they and dry over transcend it. borders. All yes, right. We'll see. Absolutely. We'll see. Absolutely. I'm glad that you're bullish on him because you, you haven't been on the Yamo train. I mean, how could you not just jump on the dynamite role? As soon as it got laid on the table and like immediately dip it in the soy sauce, a little bit of ginger. What do you mean I mean, I'm not on the delicious thing. You didn't I've start off on the Yamo train. Oh, no. No, I didn't. I didn't think he'd play because he had a yeah. hand, hand injury. I yeah, didn't really know what injury. kind of player he was. Yeah. I didn't know what kind of I don't player know if we, was. I don't know if we still, I don't, I mean, he's maybe great. he's a third liner. I guess what I'm saying is, is he, a, maybe, he, is he a third liner if he's not a top six? Like maybe that's. Yeah, could be. Do you think like in the long run? I mean, he could be a killer guy to have on a third line, to be honest. Absolutely. Totally. But then he's not putting up points because the, the Oilers' third line has not been a point driver. Nine. Well, no, last but I mean, like there, there have been third lines in existence that put up points. You know what I mean? We just have to Usually, have faith that it's possible. Uh, on winning teams. But I think yeah. he's a second line guy. All right. Speaking of winning teams, 82 game schedule. Like how many, how many W's do you think the boys are going to put up this year? I mean, all, all things considered, you know, knowing what we know the, now. I think the Oilers are going to be a really, really great team this year i think this i think this could be connie's best season and because of that i'm going to say 50 plus wins mm. 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 
Yeah, you, you picked just plus. the right number. I can't disagree with you. I think 50 is the number. Might be like a 48, yeah. 49. Um, no, no, no. 50 plus. 50, 50 plus. plus. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I think this is going to be Connie's best season. I hope so. I think he's um, right there, and the addition of Zach Hyman is going to put it over the top. I mean, okay, here's a question to kind of spin things off a little bit to close close the prediction game and then we can move on to other stuff okay my phone's gonna die though so is it a lock solid rock hard guarantee that connie and dry if they play the full season put up over 110 points each yeah yeah man what a what a game we're watching i know it's incredible we put up up with so much shit and this this year i've really i've really taken like the faith of the new year to heart even like more than usual it's really it's such a bizarre roller coaster you put yourself on every year you know it's like it's like you meet this like amazing hockey team and like you're really like we have good physical chemistry and you you are interested in the same things great conversation you get whisked away with them on this romance for like six months and then they fucking like break your heart yeah and then they take you back four months later it's like oh god but like you can't resist it it's like you know, you tell yourself, I'm going to resist it. And then they call you up and they're just like, hey, how you doing, man? And you're like, oh, yeah. they just cut through you like a fucking hot knife yeah. and butter. It's yeah. tough, man. It's a, it's a, can't be resisted. No, you have to just give yourself over to it. There's no other way to, to deal with the Edmonton Oilers. You have to be completely on board 100% of the time or you'll lose your mind. And being completely on board 100% of the time is definitely a form of madness, but it's preferable. It's a mm. preferable form. Speaking of uh, forms of madness, do you think this is a year where the Leafs uh, get over the hump finally? The Leafs? The first... Yeah, I'm asking about the Leafs. I mean, the, the no. Northern abstraction is dissolved, but I'm still I'm curious answering. what you think. I'm not answering no? my question. No. I'm going to answer no. They're going to get eliminated in the first round or the second round, and it'll just be like status quo. Yeah, sure. Kyle Dubas will inject the super soldier serum made by Pfizer and he'll become like Captain Canada yeah. hockey man. Yeah. They suck. They smell like toes. What do you think of, uh, I mean, and speaking of other delicious things or delicious sounding things, Kakaniemi offer sheet. I love oh, that. that whole thing. I think it's amazing. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I'd like to know what Rob Brindamore thinks about it because I really love Rob Brindamore. I'm sure he'd like be happy to my, have him. Yeah, but I, I wonder what he thinks about all the business that's gone down, like I all the kind of uh, shenanigans. Did Brindamore play for the Canadians yeah. at some point? I, I no, he never played that. for the he played for the played for the Hurricanes, obviously, forever. Yeah. I think he played his whole oh, yeah. career there, didn't he? No, 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 he played no. for the Flyers, too. Oh, the Flyers. On the Flyers. Oh, man, speaking of the Flyers, I watched this uh, docuseries that was made this last year called Philly DA. It's like a documentary about this like civil rights attorney who gets elected D- district attorney of Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Like, man, there's like, it looks like, and uh, he just got reelected actually, but he's just like, look, we're just like not going to lock people up for stupid shit like pot and stuff. And he's just like, his whole goal is to, like reduce the prison population. Very controversial, but like it gave me a whole new perspective on Philly. Like, uh, like all the like old, like, cops and like people screaming about how like we could we got enough men to to invade cuba they're always talking about how they got enough men to invade cuba which i've always that's a nice distillation of a culture i think when like there's like dudes talking about having enough guys to go invade cuba just like "Eh, yeah right this might not be my scene like why are you obsessed with invading cuba it's so retro 
a little bit. Why are you? And also like Bay yeah. of Pigs. Did you hear about well, it? I mean, I mean why it was kind of a debacle. About, why are you thinking of your community in those terms? It's a strange move. It is a strange move. Like, what do you want? Do you want a community that has enough armed citizens to invade, quote unquote, invade Cuba? I mean, Cuba's not a pushover. They have a military, no. I'm pretty sure. Last I checked, I mean, they're always wearing fatigues, yeah. at least. I mean, the wardrobe be, down. Cuba wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah, like they'd like Acapulco or something. Yeah. Or like the absolutely. Baja Peninsula or some shit, you know, something Tahiti. easy. I, I mean, I'd take Tahiti. Maybe like parts of Poland. I might take Tahiti and stop. You know what I mean? Would you drink Tahiti like, treat on Tahiti? I would take Tahiti and then I'd be like, ah, got it. And then I'd just be like, okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that sounds like the most amazing game of risk ever. The like guy that just like puts all his armies on Tahiti. Yeah, so never, uh, never put too much faith in people that are constantly going on about how they have enough men to invade Cuba. That's the takeaway. That's yeah, the main right. takeaway. Exactly. Um, I mean, how are we going to fucking pass the time for the next three and a half weeks until training camp starts and we can start obsessing about that? Um, My question, like, I can't take much more of this summertime radio. It's been a slog. They talk about other sports. You yeah. know, none of my favorite NHL insiders are around. Bob yeah. just Bob just came back from vacation. Thank God. Missed Bob. Yeah. Um, I think it was Tony yeah, Remchuk was, was, took over. Who was, not, who was it? Is it three weeks till camp starts? Three and a half. Camp? Yeah. Till camp starts? Oh, uh, yeah, that's something like that. I don't know. Camp, I think, will start sooner than three and a half weeks because exhibition season starts like middle of September. Um, yeah, but the game, the, the season doesn't start until the 12th. We got our season so, opener. Our season opener is on the 13th against Vancouver. Okay. So we're still looking at all of September and then a chunk of October. Yeah, for regular but, season. For regular right? season. But we have, we really just got to make it to training camp and we could obsess about that. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, once training camp starts, then it's as big as it's ever going to be, right? What are your predictions for training camp? I mean, in terms of like someone coming in and just like oh. really turning some fucking heads. Okay, this this kind of takes us back to like what we were saying before about if whether or not yes, he's the guy, right? Because I also have no idea what's going to happen in training camp. Like there's some guys that are going to be at training camp that I'm expecting great things out of. Like I think Dylan Holloway could have an amazing camp. I think what's that other guy's name? Raphael Lavoie. Lavoie. Could have an awesome camp. Mm. You know what I mean? And but when I say awesome, you imagine camp, if one of those one of those guys makes the team, that would be yeah. A huge well, that's news. what I'm saying because we haven't really had a guy in a while that makes the team and is kind of and I think Brober too, same category. But Brober was the one I was going to say. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I, we haven't really had a guy that could make the team sort of that's like if they make the team it'll be for reasons that are highly valuable and potentially game-changing on this line to a lineup right yeah. like we haven't had a guy like that we've had guys that have like kind of made the team but you know they haven't been they huge, kind of like huge difference maker yeah. yeah or they weren't really expected to make the team like they kind of just had a really good camp like we have guys that could make the team that I'm sort of like half expecting to make the team. Mm, mm, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I kind of 
half to three quarters expect Dylan Holloway to be around after camp? Like, why not? Mm. I mean, Kenny does like to bring guys up in the middle of the year more. Yeah, so that does. would be that would be one reason they wouldn't. But I mean, but is, I mean, uh, like every yeah. team is training camp thing. used for that really, though? I mean, no. last the, a couple of years ago, we had that injury on the defense and that opened up a spot for Bear. That was kind of our most significant training camp, kind right. of like collective experience in recent memory where Ethan Bear came in and he was like, you know what? I can play top four minutes. And he did that following year or that year. Well, didn't like uh, somebody got somebody came up and they were around for 10, 10 games and they went back down. Was that Yamamoto like a couple of years ago did that? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking there could be somebody else like that. Like also Bouchard that happened to Bouchard as well. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't, I think you're right. I don't think training camp is necessarily for that, but I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility to assume that the Oilers could and maybe should have like a rookie with potential as part mm. of this team at the beginning mm. of the season. Like we have guys that could, could do that. It's true. Yeah. No, Holloway's looks like a fucking stud for sure. Yeah. looks like a play player for sure. And I think uh, Broberg as well. I would not bet against Broberg at this point. I mean, even like Sam Rukov would be like an outside chance. Absolutely. But, you know, then, then we'd be looking at like, you know, Cuckoo and Russell in like the press box, which is not, not necessarily the end of the world, to be honest. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know necessarily what we'd be like. It probably would be that. But I mean, like, if Sam Arukov has a camp good enough to put himself into that position, then, like, I'm sort of happy with however he fits into the lineup. I'm cool with it. If he's earned a spot. Yeah. He's been playing He's been playing in a man's league for a number of years now, like at least not last to, two, three years, right? Yeah, like a man's league and, like, kind of, like, um, to me, I always think that like batshit crazy leagues favor goalies and defensemen. Like if you're a goalie that can make it out of some crazy ass league, I'm always like very interested mm. into seeing what they could do in a more professional setting. And I feel the same way about defensemen for whatever mm. reason. Mm. Like just because the game is probably physicality might be stressed or a, a wilder brand of physicality might be stressed mm. and the defensemen are the guys that have to like kind of, I mean, uh, it's, so, it, or, yeah. or both are both responsible for and have to deal with that kind of nonsense mm. often in a game. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough game for a lot of people that come from the European leagues. I mean, he's played in Bakersfield as well, Sam Rukov, but yeah. um, you know, there's all kinds of guys that have potential and can't play on a smaller ice surface because it's too, or it's too fast or whatever. I mean, that happens all the time. So you definitely can't mm-hmm. like count on it, but Sammy, Sammy seems like he's got a future at some point. I don't know if it's this year, but I, I mean, mean yeah. he's, he, he's an outlier in terms of the chance. I think Holloway Broberg are the two names that I think have the oh. best chance of coming in, blowing the doors off and people being like, you know, the GM will come in and will be like, where are these doors? And someone will be like, yeah, this guy blew these doors right fucking off their hinges, bro. You should have seen it. And he's like, well, that's, say, that's vandalism. And then he'll just go into the other room and he'll see Broberg and fucking uh, Holloway just like stick handling and like doing like a drill. And he'll be like, oh, well, fuck. These are our guys. Yeah. And I think uh, Lavoie, I'd put it outside chance as well. Just because mm. guys like that, guys that are like uh, supremely offensively talented, um, who knows? playing with these guys who knows who connie is going to find a thing with right like when you have guys like connie and dry you just mm. never know you never know mm. i mean lavoie had 10 points in 19 games in the ahl last year in the swedish one league i think that's second tier swedish league 
put up 45 points in 51 games. That sounds like fun, putting up 45 points in 51 games in, in uh, oh no, was, uh, did I say Switzerland? I think it was Sweden. Okay. Sweden tier two. I mean, at least we, it's great that we got him playing. It's We got most of our guys playing through this whole fucking wacky like global yeah, phenomenon. Totally. Which you have to commend the GM and mother management for that, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to be an interesting training camp because Tippett and the other coaches have so many options right now. Like, I think it's going to be more about finding the lines that they want to roll with to start the year, more so than auditioning that many guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you are right when you say, like, you know, if you put someone random, rando on that Connie line and they just, like, look great, like a Lavoie or a Holloway. I mean, what yeah. if it's, like, a Holloway plus Hyman? Totally. You know? Like, a good camp, like, I, it, this isn't, it's not an audition camp, I don't think, but, I mean, in the way it is for those guys, you know what I mean? Like, they mm. could push. Mm. They're, like, they're great players. They're going to make the league and be excellent players, I think um holloway and brobert both it's just a matter of time it's whenever they're ready you know mm. what i mean mm. like yeah. they have the stuff it's just you know we've got some organizational depth to be honest like the holloway pick really helps us there like that we you couldn't really say because we didn't really have a, a i mean he went immediately to the front of the line for like forward prospects ultimately yep. meanwhile yep. tyler benson's been here like five thousand years he's just like what the fuck this guy I'm well, Tyler he's Benson. not Dylan. I mean, he's not Dylan Holloway is the thing, right? I wonder if he'll get picked up on waivers if he gets waived. Do you think Tyler Benson gets waived, or do you think he ends up like in the press box to start the year? Do you think that the team protects Tyler Benson as an asset? I mean, do yeah, you think do you think Tyler Benson is going to make them is going to force a decision in a sense by like playing well enough that they don't want to lose him on waivers? He could. He I don't could. think he will. I don't think he will. I mean. My, Nothing against the guy. I don't really think he will either. But I'm cheering for him. I hope he does. It got a, it's a lot tougher. I think all of a sudden. Yeah. Like I think we have more organizational depth. Um, like I think Holloway is a better player. You know what I mean? I mean that was a, an amazing line in the minors last year, and we have McLeod on the team. I mean, what do yeah. what do you think about McLeod? Do you think he's going to be a fixture yeah. in that bottom yeah. six? I'd like to see what he could do for a full season. Like I really like the cut of his jib. Mm -hmm. He um, his plays a good, a strong like all around game. He's he's smart yeah. with the puck, smart with his yeah, positioning. Seems smart. like he's not he really like, like he's, he's not really defensive liability. I, I don't think he looks like he's having a whale of a time out there, which is like mm -hmm. really important to me. And he's I making like plays. Like yeah. it's kind of the only thing you can ask for a player in that position, like a young yeah. two way guy trying to like break through. Yeah. He's a two way you know? guy, totally. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that he's not a mortal lock to like center the third line i think that's a good thing that we got Derek ryan to do that yeah but you know who knows if that like we have it is a little bit of a graveyard for third line centers it's like the oilers yeah, have I, signed I a know, bunch of guys third just lines, did not like, turn you, out have you looked at like that's what third lines are third lines are kind of a graveyard yeah you know what i mean that's kind of and true. The, fourth, the fourth line is a graveyard but I mean, the teams that go deep in the playoffs have four lines that are rolling. I'm just hoping we, we have sure. enough ingredients in the bowl right I think now. Because we, we, we were do. trying to make cookies before, like without the vanilla, with white sugar instead of brown sugar, some weird mm -hmm. fucking uh, like solid substance instead of butter. We're just like, well, maybe we make cookies out of this. But now we have the chocolate yeah. chips. We have the brown sugar. We have the actual, yeah. it's, it's not just vanilla flavoring. It's pure vanilla yeah. extract, the finest yeah. in the world. We've got yeah. all the ingredients. We just the have bottom. to find the recipe. Totally. The bottom six 
for the past couple of years has seemed at times dangerously fluid, even more fluid almost than the top two lines, which, um, you know, people tend to think of those as like, nobody knows what's happening with those top two mm. lines. But the bottom six, like just almost worse. We need people and to make like, homes. There. We, need, we need people to build homes for people in the third line. Like we have a third totally. line of vagrants now. They're like in yeah, the tents well, under the bridge. It's like, let's like, get them in some homes, man. People need yeah. homes. It's like what you were saying about teams that go deep, have that third line. I mean, they have a third line that's solid. You know what I mean? They have a third line that's been allowed to like just well, be a third line. You're the third line. And that can like, score. So we haven't had a third line that can score in a long time. Like, I don't remember the last time I saw the Oilers ice a third line where I was like, these guys are a threat to score. Like, it's, yeah, but, it's, it's my, my muscles to but that no, notice happen. that have atrophied. I know, but there's not I know really teams that have that anywhere. Like, I think I mean, the top like three one or four of the teams unfair expectations. Right? Not I like mean, the top kinda. tier. I don't know who's on Tampa Bay's third line. Tampa Bay had was like deep through all four lines, man. They had fucking Tyler Johnson on the fourth line. Yeah. And he played great. I, mean, I, I think it was like Blake Coleman was on their third line. He signed in Vancouver, pretty sure. Yeah, big, I guess I just agent. don't think that like the third line, like I think it's an unfair expectation Oilers fans put on the Oilers mm. and completely unnecessary. It's like, oh, like they want depth down to like, like scoring depth through mm. their bottom six. It's like, no, like that's not really the key here. I never thought that like a third line that can score lots I mean, it's nice if it happens. I mean, not I score a lot, but I certainly don't like, expect the third line we get, to light up. I want three people in the bottom six that are at least getting like 10 goals, double-digit goals, as Kenny would say, you know? Three that would be people? enough. Yeah. That's not so much to ask, is it? So you're like um, basically like 20 goals from your third line. Uh... Yeah, let's say let's say all told, a total of twenty goals from the bottom two lines. So like ten goals per line. I, yeah. I think I had it at thirty before three guys, but like yeah, I would say we haven't had like I mean Cahoon had nine last year. Archibald had seven. Yeah, Archibald Ky- had seven. Kyra had three. Yeah. Neil had five, but like how many? What about Derek? Shiason had nine. Yeah, but like see, you know those me, guys like, are all gone. Like it was Vogel should like- put up ten goals. It Fogel was should be like, good for 10 goals. I'm hoping to have some consistency in the bottom six. Like, I think we have enough guys now that we can make two lines out of what we have and just be like, you're the third and fourth line. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, if they stay healthy, of course, but like the last couple of seasons, it seemed like, I mean, guys would rise up from the fourth line and make it to the second line or the first line. Like, I don't think we're going to see as much of that this year. That's true. We, the team seems a lot deeper to me. It seems like a lot, we have a lot more real guys. You know yeah. what I mean? We just need the consistency. We got to get the right consistency. Don't stir too much in the bowl, you know? Yeah, I think yeah. we can allow, we can allow, the team can allow itself to do that this year. I don't mm-hmm. think necessarily they could. Like I think last year, like in the last couple of years, maybe the bottom six, the ingredients were a bit too wild, like you say. And then you had to I mean, like, like in the playoffs, split. we were like moving people off the, the fourth line and putting them on the first line and shit. Like it was just like exactly. not a good scene, man. Yeah. Not it was a good like scene. When you like you're looking up like when you're making food, you're looking up substitutions like on the fly. You're like, oh shit. And it's like yeah. maybe I'll throw. Like you were saying. Maybe if I mash up some of this banana because I don't have an egg. I mean it'll work sometimes. 
You're like, yeah, yeah applesauce. Right. Can I use applesauce in this? Applesauce is always my guess. As long as you don't use Zach Cassian. I mean, speaking of a home, I want to see fucking Zach Cassian's ass stapled to the third line. You know? I don't know. I want to see him play in front of people. I want to see that first and then. What is yeah. this whole play in front of people thing with Zach Cassian, man? Like, fuck that shit. Whatever. Just no, fucking play, play so, the dude. game. Why do you need people? Like, they're not playing. They're not on the ice with you. You're not passing the puck to them. They're a bunch of drunk, like, maniacs screaming at the top of their lungs. Like, here's what I'm thinking. Like, this, this pandemic and COVID has affected everybody differently. And I, I'm willing to allow myself to believe, for Zach Cassian's sake, that an effect it's had on him is not being able to do his thing in front of folks. And I'd like to see him do his thing in front of people before I staple his ass to the bench. That's all I'm saying. No, not to the bench, but just to that third line. I just don't want to see him on Connie's wing again. That's what I don't want. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I want that like experiment. I want, I want that lab to be closed. I want them to destroy the files, yeah. murder the scientists involved, make sure there's not like a, an unbroken pipette on the premises. Yeah, but dude, don't you think like, I'm kind of the belief that like the reason Cassian was on Connie's first on Connie's line is because Connie wanted him there. That's how I feel. Do you think he still wants him there? I don't know. He might. And I think that's why he moved up to Connie's line in the playoffs too, because Connie was like, get Zach Cassian up here. I can just picture that happening in a locker room. It's the only reason I think that that's why Cassian has ever played on a line with Connor McDavid is yeah. because that's Connie wants him there. Well, we should hope we should hope that the people getting the tap on the shoulder first before that happens are people like uh, Fogel and Holloway, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, maybe, maybe uh, Connie wants some muscle on his line. He, like he wants a bit of a freak. Yeah, maybe. Which is, which is fair. I feel like he might've wanted that more in the past than he does now. Cause he seems to have like really like toughened up. Like he's, he, he's bristly. He's yeah, like, I mean, uh, he's got some bark Gretzky, on the, Gretzky, bark played on the with Semenko. Gretzky played with Semenko on his line for a lot of years. Right. It's true. Like it's a thing. It's but not like, unheard of. That's, that happened a while ago. No, it's but definitely I mean, not like, unheard of. I, that's just the. It just doesn't just have the skill a, to play there. So, like, I know, but hockey is a weird game, right? Like, you can fight guys in it. So, I'm saying it, it's not outside to me. The, like, when I, was the last time like Zach Cassian like fought anybody in like a meaningful way? Like, when, dude, when was the last Zach time he fulfilled it, that role? Yeah, but um, I think he's much more of a deterrent on the ice than we think of him watching deterrence <laughs> everyone always talks about deterrence deterrence is like that's that's a mental state dude like it's kind of hard to like hammer down i mean yeah when you have like the nuclear option where it's like yeah ryan regeer was it ryan regeer no who was the one on um fucking, no not Brashear on flames they're like Robin nuclear option. was Robin it regeer? regeer yeah and then because no he was a defenseman i'm thinking of a forward though then obviously we had mcintyre uh, who was just like a monster like what a scary dude to be in a fight with yeah really nice guy off the ice it seemed like but i mean like that's a deterrent i don't know if zach cassian is like much of a deterrent he's kind of supposed to be more of a pest nespa um i think he's kind of like a psychopath like i think he has the reputation as being the guy who like kicked somebody on the other team and got suspended for it and i think that reputation sticks with the guy and I think maybe he doesn't need to drop the gloves. I'm not saying this in defense of Zach Cassian, by the way. Like, I think he needs to show something because he just hasn't. He hasn't looked there like he hasn't. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that I want to see him play in front of people. 
before mm. I'm willing to judge him any further at this point. I need to mm. see him play in front of a crowd. Because sure, mm. it's stupid. And sure, like, he should be able to, to uh, do it when the crowd's not there. But like, I don't know. I, COVID's been weird, right? We've had to do, we've barely seen anybody. It's mm. really strange. So I'm willing to say, if he was like, you don't understand, like, if he was to say to me, to say that to me, I'd be like, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense when you say it. Maybe uh, maybe you're right. I would like to see you play in front of people again. Mm. You know, it's funny. I was listening to an episode of ours we recorded after the last playoff exit, and uh, I was saying how, like, I thought it might be time to get rid of Tippy, just because we have had a couple of super disappointing playoff exits. We've had so yep. many up and downs with Tippy. There's times where I'm just like completely in his corner, you know, 100% faith. There's times where it's yeah. just like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't yep. know what's going on. I don't understand. Now I'm just wondering if with a few more horses and maybe some different horses on the back end that are hopefully near, quite oh, almost as good. Like we've talked about Tippy unleashed. Like, do you think Tippy is someone we should just have our full faith and credit like triple a bond status should we just be like willing to like lend him millions of dollars just because he's such a like trustworthy guy with this roster and this team right now what's your what's your Um, tip at faith level at well i think the team is good enough that it's not going to be an issue during the regular season you know what i mean like i think we have the guys that I'm confident we're going to make the playoffs. If we don't win, if we're out in the first round, Tippy's gone is what I'm saying. Mm. It doesn't matter at this point. I think in the playoffs, the past, past two playoffs, he's been noticeably outcoached, noticeably. He's made terrible moves and just like kind of hasn't coached a playoff series. Like he hasn't done it. How, how can he's you be a good regular season coach and a bad playoff coach though? Like what's, well, what's the, two I mean, totally different things. It's just like, you Coaching just have to be like on a whole different, like meta level yeah, of like, I think so. All yeah. kind of bizarre mind games and absolutely duplicity and deception and totally putting Xanax in the Gatorade. And well, when you're coaching a regular season game, the next game, you're playing a totally different team that has the, the, the game will have no context. Right. But when you're playing a series, I mean, it's a series, right? Like everything has to be taken into the context of the fact that you're playing that team again in two days and like it's a series right like they'll have seen you they'll have seen your tricks you need to adjust you need to um you need to what's the word and anticipate their moves and Mm. you you should be able to do that somewhat right you have to and he's been out coached like you don't see it to the extent that it's happened to tip it often but I think in the past two seasons, yeah. So if they don't win a round this year, maybe even two rounds, because he's been so outcoached the past two seasons, mm. they might have to win the first and second round. But definitely, if they don't get past the first round, Tippy's done. Yeah. He's done. But that being said, I think he's like a great coach and a steady hand. And I have full faith in him being the man for the job in the regular season. Yeah because I think it kind of could be anyone, but Keep I Keep in like... mind that when, when you've been formerly coached by Dave Tippett, you are, there is still the presence of Dave Tippett's ghost. Like they carry on the lessons of the Dave Tippett era as a team. You get plus five to your agility. So we'll always have that no matter what. 
Yeah, I agree. If 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 we don't if we don't get through the first round this year, it's pretty hard to bring him back. I still yeah. think actually, even though it would be hard to bring him back, if we got if we filled out the roster a tiny bit more and brought him back one more year, that might be the year we get over the hump. Because ultimately, you need a yeah. strong enough team. Like look at Tampa, for example. I mean, they got swept not too long ago in the first round, and now they yeah. got back to back cups. Like, are we kind of potentially? Yeah. No, I mean Tampa was like one of the greatest teams of all time last year. It was crazy. They're going to be one of the, see. They're going to be one of the greatest teams of all time again this year. But I think when they got beat in the playoffs by Columbus, I think that was more a case of Columbus just being like such an underdog. They were coached by Tortorella. Like there was a lot going on in that series. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they just didn't show up. Well, it was ultimately, but it was also like Columbus just kind of kicked their asses. Like they were ripe for it. Like, I don't think that had, I mean, is that analogous to the Winnipeg series against us this last year? No, no, not at all, man. Those games were close games. Three of those games were in overtime, dude. Mm, Like, you know what I mean? I think he was out coached and I think he was out coached in against Chicago as well. Like he made poor decisions. didn't really manage the clock in a way that made complete sense to me all the time. Like there was flaws seems and like think, there's almost like an intransigence, intransigence, sorry, I can't speak, intransigence, intransigence, where he doesn't want to change his approach too much. Like he seems to be like, I'm going to do, do ultimately yeah, kind of like a similar thing to what I'm doing and stay steady, mm-hmm. you know, steady Eddie, intransigence. Yeah, I think I've forgotten how to speak. That's not good. As a purveyor of a podcast. Um, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just think he's like, I just don't think he's, he might not be that good of a playoff coach, but he has to be. Yeah, he really has to be. It's so, it's so uh, like vexing to have a good regular season coach who has been out coached in the playoffs though. Yeah, you know? it is. It's a weird one. Like it's like, but I think if, cheer if, for the team the whole year. And then all of a sudden in four games, you're just like sitting there going like, Oh my God, I want to yeah. die. Like literally yeah, I want, I'm dreaming of the sweet release of death now after a fun, fun year, but Connie I hitting think, the century mark, all this shit. Yeah. I think the Oilers regular season, like I think Connie and dry, I think Connie's going to have his, his best year. I think possibly could be this year, mm. but I think if the Oilers don't make it out of the first round and Tippy gets ditched, I think we'll get a real high profile guy to coach here. Hmm. Interesting. Like, like high profile like top tier. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You don't think Kenny will just go with like an old school guy? No, I think we'll get like the latest and greatest. Mm. Who's going to like get Connie these cups? You know what I mean? Like, mm. like an amazing coach. Like one of those guys. Like John Cooper-esque. Yeah, John Cooper-esque. That's just like a proven. I don't know if there is other guys like that. I don't know. They're hard but to like, find. You know, like big, big name guys. So basically like the top tier coaching free agents, whatever year, like the fall yes. the next year. Yeah. Totally. Like, right. a, like we get like, um, what's his name in, um, on the Islanders right now, Barry Trotz, totally. like a guy like Barry Trotz, like that we'd be, there's sometimes when a coach takes over a team and like oh, that team becomes that coach's project. Fuck, I'm kind like of dreaming like of Barry Trotz coaching the Oilers now. Cause he's yes, got or, joie de vivre in spades. He yeah. would really be bringing the fucking joie de vivre. Scotty Bowman was the similar type of coach when they went to a team. It was like, well, he's going to the Scotty Bowman's Red Wings. And then they'll just, he's going to put a stamp on that team and push them over the top and they'll stay there for as long. 
You know what I mean? So you like, don't I think, think we should one. be like mixing up like 100% ground up pure Brent Sutter and mixing it with like a no. horse tranquilizer and like no. uh, goat dewormer that we bought no. online from Alex Jones and just shoot it right, no. up, right in our veins? No, I don't think we should. What a disastrous signing that's going to turn out to be, I think. The like pain so, of like the Sutter era, the like oh new Sutter era has like not, I, I'm really cheering against the flames in a very serious way right now. Hmm. Even though Geo's gone, usually like so much of my flames hatred is, is wrapped up in Geo. Hopefully we can just stomp Seattle a whole bunch and get some nice oh, juicy points there, man. Seattle sucks. Yeah, it'll be awesome. But, but it's yeah. weird how they just decided to suck. I guess they just want, their plan is to just draft really, really high next year and build around that asset. I mean, that's such a stupid plan. I mean, like compared to what to Vegas pulled off. Guys? And Vegas just did it. You know what I mean? You're going to draft yeah. guys? Like, I don't it's, know. It's kind of weird to have like a team come in and be like the most successful expansion franchise in like any sport ever. And then have the next team that the expansion franchise is like, oh, we're just going to go back to the old model. We don't care. I mean, they're going like to draft witness the, guys. The Knights in a COVID era, like that's your plan. Draft guys who've had like the craziest seasons imaginable on their way to the draft. Mm, and yeah, yeah. that's your plan. You're gonna draft from those clubs. Well, it's like your scouts okay. are getting out there to see them either as much, right? Or at all. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. you're gonna pass on Carey Price and do that. Okay, good luck. Do you think, do you think Montreal is gonna still be Montreal? Or are they gonna be, or is, is there gonna be any kind of benefit from the long I run? Don't know. It feels like outside of like two or three seasons, my entire lifetime, Montreal has always been pretty much what they were past season, right? Like this bubble team that potentially could go deep. So much mystique. Yeah. And, but they just like almost similar to the Oilers in a way, except they do, they get into the playoffs more often, right? Mm. Like they find a way to scrape in, whereas the Oilers have just not done that. But similar in mystique as once they get into the playoffs, like who the hell knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So they very they could you know maybe next year the same sort of deal. I like a lot of players on their team. That's for sure. I really like um, Josh Anderson quite a bit. Carey Price mm-hmm. is Carey Price. Mm-hmm. Kakinyemi. Well, um, not we'll see. Yeah, if he stays. I think he's uh, gone. Suzuki. Because they yeah Suzuki's good. I mean they can't if if they keep Kakinyemi they have to re-sign him for like six million plus next year too as a qualifying offer. Well, maybe they will, though. I mean, they want to win, right? They also don't really give a shit about the money, I don't think, at the end of the day. You want and the, to, they'll get a first and third in compensation. Yeah. You don't think they give a shit about a first and a third? I mean, they're, they're looking to win now, for sure. I think everybody is always looking to win now. I think it's kind of a fallacy. I mean, unless you're Phoenix. That's, yeah. Or Arizona, I guess. But, like, that's a lost cause, right? When are they going to just move that team? Don't you, think, don't you think that team inevitably needs to move? out of the desert it's like fucking put them in like stockton or fucking bakersfield or some shit like who cares put them in like uh what about like cleveland put a team in cleveland Mm, i like the sound of that we'll call them the cavaliers sure they can be two cleveland cavaliers we'll call them cavaliers two (laughs) cavaliers the second it'll be spelled like t-o-o what about the cleveland cavaliers hockey club I like it. I mean, yeah. that's the only way you're going to trick people to going to watch hockey probably in Cleveland. What? This is a hockey game? I thought I was going to do a Cavs game. Oh, no, you are. You are. Yeah, yeah. No, you are. These are the, these are the Cleveland Cavaliers, the, the hockey team. I mean, they, they couldn't be worse than Columbus. 
I like to make no, fun but of Columbus. I think, uh, Columbus should have a team. I think there should be hockey in Ohio. Why not? Seems like a good place for hockey. I suppose. I mean, Cleveland's in Ohio too, right? It's just have like 10 teams in Florida, 10 teams in New, in New York state. And then like the, we'll build, like we'll get Elon Musk to build like a hyper tube under the earth. So the Canadian teams can come play them. They'll like all be centered in like Western Canada. By that time, uh, Toronto will have uh, burned to the ground in uh, the second civil wars of Canada, which are on pace for in 2025. Alberta would be be toast. Yeah. Well, I mean, besides the underground bunkers where like people like worship uh, the nukes, like uh, like deities a la, uh, what is it? Underneath the Planet of the Apes? What's the second Planet of the Apes movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The movie's weird. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I might watch some Planet of the Apes movies at some point in the near future. Yeah. Good. That's what you should do. That's what you should. You got three weeks, just ape movies. You know what? That's actually like that. That's just crazy enough to work. Damn straight it is. Yeah. yeah. You could also like go outside and do stuff in the, in the great outdoors. Do, I mean, you can do both, right? You can do both. Just, I'm not saying you have to watch them all back to back, like some sort of monster. Just mm. like watch one, go for a walk, let it sink in. Maybe the next night you watch another one. No, watching them all back to back like some kind of monster is much more my style, though. <laughs> yeah, it you is. Know, and then people like... people come in, they open the door, and they're like, "What are you doing in there?" It's like, I'm watching Planet Apes movies. <sighs> yeah, don't do that. And just like what happened to Isaac? He's don't he's transformed that. into some some manner of beast. Right. That's why that's why I shaved my cheeks because it was getting yeah. too real. I was getting really yeah. close to like full full wolf man. Yeah, I kind of did that too, actually. It's a it's a helpful yeah. thing, you know. Really, I feel it's very terrible. spruced up. It's weird. It's weird how people have like the concepts of friendship people have. Like, yeah, can be like super important to some people's other people just like not really that important at all, or like a means to an end, you know, like friendship as a means to an end. That's what we should call this episode. I think that would be good. (laughs) No, I already have a title for it. You know what I'm going to call this one? What? The periphery of their social and spiritual consciousness. Which is a quote. Yeah. Um, we're going to be hearing some uh, Devo as the intro and outro today. We got Swelly Itchy Brain and Clock Out. So that'll be fun. Enjoy that. Yeah. Just samples, samples. Trying to work up the gumption to do another mixtape. I'm, I'm behind on my mixtape uh, agenda. You yeah. know, I was really hoping to be in like deep into the Gilberto Gill by this point this year. So you know, good. have you listened to that album, Half of Vela? That's my favorite one. Uh, I don't know if I have. I'll have to check that out. Holy crap, man. Yeah. Two summers I spent with that. Half it's of Vela. Half of Vela? Half of Vela, yeah. Mm. I think I've maybe, so what does the cover look like? Uh, he's wearing like a knitted cap. His, I think I've, he, yeah, I've seen it. He's in profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing he's album. Oh. That, dude's, that dude's amazing. Yeah, and then like I'm, I'm supposed to like be rolling out the Jean-Michel Jarre at some point, but I think I'm just going to have to put that postponed. Oh, nice. There was a COVID outbreak amongst the Jean-Michel Jarre songs online. Okay. They have to be quarantined for a little while. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. And then I got, I've got become obsessed with this guy who posted a couple of enhanced versions of a couple of Dave Clark songs where like he just added like a bunch of clapping and like it just like it like the sound hits you like a fucking like wall of sound style song. It's just so killer. That's definitely huh. going to be on the next one. I've been singing, singing those two songs for like weeks, weeks on end. Yeah. I think the theme of the next one will be enhanced audio because also Koshimaharu's Parallelism got remastered this year. 2021 yeah. remaster. It's going to be wow. fucking primo. 
primo mm. shit. I love that album. Um, all right. Well, now I'm just ranting about stuff that I like. Uh, I think I should shut this down and go eat a banana. That's a good idea. Yeah. Calm me down. Um, all right. Well, my friend, thank you for taking time away from your sacramental duties, your ornamental duties, no uh, tending to your flock in the congregation, the bake sale, the collection plate, all of that is second tier to Handkerchief Dynasty, my friend. So we'll, always a pleasure. We'll do it again real soon and enjoy uh, the rest of your evening. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later. Scoot.